Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, there's two candidates for the Texans head coaching job that are doing second interviews today because their teams are no longer playing. Mike Kafka, the offensive coordinator for the Giants. Ijero Ivero. Ben, cue up his pronunciation one more time so I make sure I'm doing this right. My name is Ijero Ivero, and I am the defensive coordinator. Boy, for he Broncos. is smooth with it. He pronounces it really well. It's like he's been saying it his whole name. It's incredible. His whole, his whole life. He's yeah. super good at it. Yeah. yeah. Ijero Ivero. He says that's, it shows you the power of reps, Sean. <laughs> it is. You spend 40 years or so memory. saying it. Yeah. Well, probably, I don't know when he started speaking. Right. Yeah, 38 right. years or so when he started. Yeah. Um, we'll get to Ijero Ivero in just a second, but it's Kafka who we're looking at here. Um, Seth, where did you find this quote from Kafka Sr.? I found it uh, in an article in The Athletic okay. in which Mike Kafka Sr., father of Mike Kafka, uh, Mike Kafka, man, that I've I've said one of my biggest objections is that I I, I sense no juice out of this guy. Right. It's just like a very bland personality, which I know seems like it shouldn't be a big deal, but it's, uh, it's a big deal to me. I need a guy with some juice where I feel like, okay, there's something going on here that's got a little bit of extra push a little a little glitter in the eye or a gleam in the eye or something yeah um his his father says uh he's got kind of a soft demeanor but he's very competitive his father saying he's got a soft demeanor i uh i it's just confirmation if all if all i had read was that his father said it then i might think okay other coaches with soft demeanors is that like a like a gary kubiak type or a tony dungy type i don't know but like both kubiak and Dungy, I think when I saw interviews with them or when, you know, you, you see him interacting with players, I just felt more juice from those yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you feel better about Kafka if you heard a story through the grapevine that he went and maybe either dog cussed or possibly even beat up his old no, no, man no. for saying he was soft? No, if anything, I'd, I'd feel like, okay, the guy's psychotic. Because I'm not saying I need a yeller or a screamer. Juice comes in many flavors. Yeah, yeah. I don't need a yeller or a screamer or something okay. like that. The guy who thinks he's trying to be the movie version of okay. a football coach. Okay. Um, I need a, a gleam in the eye of some sort. Okay. And then I also didn't like this. Uh, many of you recall that last year, tight ends coach, Andy Bischoff for the Texans. Yeah. He uh, he claimed that Jeff Driscoll was in a class of athlete uh, up with basically Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Said there were, he was in that class where not many guys, not many quarterbacks were as athletic as Mike. I'm going to get run down by defensive lineman uh, or Jeff, Jeff Driscoll. Yeah. Jeff, I'm going to get run down by defensive lineman Jeff Driscoll. Yeah. Um, he said that he was basically in the Lamar Jackson category. So what did Bischoff say about Kafka? Uh, he's, uh, he's a friend uh, of Bischoff. says, okay. as Kafka's friend and Giants tight ends coach, Andy Bischoff said, 
He doesn't need to be right all of the time here. He's eager to gather perspective from the rest of the staff. He'll make sure to pull the position group leaders rather than try to be the all-knowing expert, which is great. That's fine. I'd like all the praise I see about Kafka is like, boy, he sure is a conscientious young lad. I feel like he's being recommended as either an Eagle Scout or Safety Patrol. And uh, like, I, I don't get any over the top, like, other than from Pat Fitzgerald, who was his coach at, at Northwestern. Western. Yeah. And uh, that's where Kafka first started coaching as a GA and everything. Yeah. Uh, he'll, Fitzgerald, just a, a whiz bang of a coach himself, <laughs> will also, you know, will say, like, oh, I knew, he always knew he was going to be a head coach someday somewhere. Yep. Yeah. Everybody else is like, boy, he's very well prepared. Oh, boy, gosh, yeah, he's, he's very conscientious. Okay. And he understands uh, how to add numbers together. Yes, yes. Would you like to hear anything from the mouth of Kafka himself and maybe he can convince you? Yeah, you can play this audio. Yeah. I had listened to all this before and I didn't want to bore our listeners to death with well, it, but apparently one. you don't give a damn. Let's so, try yeah. one. We'll try one and then we'll see where it goes. Would you like to hear on... I'm going to let you pick. Okay. Uh, would you like to hear how he got into coaching or what he learned from Andy Reid? Which, is, which yeah. is more relevant to the text? I remember all these. Uh, this is when I, I sat down and I did a deep dive on trying to get some glint of excitement about this guy. Right. Um, let's listen to how he got into coaching. How he got into coaching. Here we go. Yeah. The head football coach at Northwestern, my alma mater, reached out, Coach Fitz. And he was like, hey, we might have a graduate assistant job open up. Why don't you come and try it out and see if this is something you want to do? And, you know, I was like, okay, this is, you know, talk to my wife and, we made that decision and went to Northwestern and did a graduate graduate year there. And I tell you what, like three days into it, I'm like, this is exactly what I want to do. Just love being around the guys, helping like develop those guys, um, just being around the X's and O's and just kind of getting a different view of how game plans are put together, how the details of the coaching and all those things like really um, fit my personality and fit what I enjoy doing to begin with. Even as a player, you know, you're a backup quarterback. You're always kind of, coaching behind the scenes, helping guys as like the starters out there. So it was, it felt easy to me and felt comfortable and I just really enjoyed doing it. Yeah. He feels, it feels like he's an awesome offensive coordinator. I uh, like everything I've heard from him. It feels like he's an awesome offensive coordinator. I'll admit too. Part of the problem with him was that they were the first thing I watched was when the giants coaches were mic'd up the assistants. So it's him and wink Martindale the big old dock worker looking guy from, from Does Wink have a good mic'd up persona. Yeah. Too? He yeah. Does? He's yeah. like exactly what you want. No, he's yeah. telling, you know, he's, he's speaking colorfully and everything. Yeah. He's got that big beer belly and his guns blazing through his vest and all that. So it's, uh, it's hard to measure up. So he, he, he looked much worse by contrast. Yeah. I mean, okay. So he likes coaching. He, we know that about him. He likes him. coaching. Check yeah. that off the way. We didn't know that about Josh McCown. That they were going to hire Josh that is McCown true. without him ever actually even working full time as a coach. <laughs> Kafka is a like, better candidate than McCown. What do you? How do you think you're qualified to be a head coach? Well, I've watched coaches, and it seems like something that would be fun to do. That would be Josh McCown's answer. Yeah. 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 Wait, where am I? Who is this guy? Yeah. I do wonder. Like, he comes from the Andy Reid tree. Reid drafted him out of yeah. Northwestern. He yeah. played for Reid. Yeah. Coached for Reid in Kansas City for a number of years. Like, what would Andy Reid's interviews have been like back in, like, 1998 with the Packers website? Like, getting to know Andy Reid. Right, the, right. You know yeah, what I mean? Was like, he the, yeah, and, and he and, was kind of known as, like, a whiz kid, but he was known as a whiz kid. Yeah. I've heard no wizardry kid. 
uh, talk with Kafka. Here. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to the whole like, Harry Potter academy or anything. <laughs> that, that academy. I hear a whole lot of like he does really good stuff, and yeah. they ever you know he's just like he's he sounds like an Eagle Scout. No Would offense you- to Eagle Scouts, but like all the Eagle Scouts listening will know. There are different levels of Eagle Scouts. There's some that just kind of went through the motions, and then there's others who have actually saved little old ladies from fires. You, you, know? <laughs> you uh, Those are the ones I respect. You asked the listening audience if there's any coaches with a, quote, soft demeanor who've been successful. Yeah, other than Tony Dungy was like the one that has won a Super right. Bowl that I can think of. Right, because yeah. Kafka Sr. Yeah. said that his son, Kafka Jr., interviewing with the Texans, has kind of a, quote, soft demeanor, but he's very competitive. Yeah. Um, people texting in Jim Caldwell. Oh, how many Super Bowls did he win? Was that the... He went to that, a Super Bowl yeah, with the Colts. Okay. Yeah, he lost to Sean Payton and the Saints in that Super Bowl. Was it... Did he go to... Okay, Caldwell will take, yeah. Caldwell, yeah. yeah. Caldwell went to... And Caldwell... Caldwell did one of the better jobs with the Lions in recent years that we've mm-hmm. seen. So, Jim Caldwell... I guess the debate is, okay, does he have a soft demeanor? He's super quiet. He um, also waited... Well, the problem is, too... Okay, Caldwell got the job when he was how old? He had to have been in his 50s by then, question. was he not? Yeah, yeah. Um, He's still at, showing up on odds lists for these jobs, yeah. and I haven't heard anybody interview him. I feel like he would have, like, maybe, I don't like a young guy like Kafka with a soft demeanor. You've got to be fatherly by the time you get the head job. Right, right. You know? So right. Caldwell, not felt, at 36. Caldwell, is, Caldwell is gushed about by a lot of his players as this guy that just kind of like had a fatherly demeanor about him. There's okay. a lot of people sending in on the Trailer Wheel and Frame text page. Trailer Wheel and Frame. Kubiak. No, no, Kubiak. I don't know why. It's so weird. It's so weird that Kubiak had this reputation as being too nice or too soft or yeah. anything. Like, you, don't, you don't know what it was like when Kubiak would... Would call you out. He never called me out individually in a meeting, but it, because I saw what happened, I saw it happen to others. I was I, like, "Well, I'm not getting on Kubiak's bad side." I don't know yeah. if it's coincidence or if this was just the case. I've heard it more with offensive players than defensive players, right? And yeah, ma- and maybe yeah. that's because I th- th- maybe you know that's the I, offensive coordinator, and he was or right. at least well, even if he wasn't, he was right. Um, but yeah, he was, and he had more takes that personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like no, Dave, he was, David Anderson and Joel Dreesen would say he is totally different than he is at press conference. Kubiak, and it's not like he was a jerk or anything. He just no. was in the press conference. He was going to be very laid back. Um, but I think with Kubiak, though, too, uh, I, I don't know. It's almost just something you can see and read in the eyes. Yeah. Um, and his whole way going, and maybe Kafka's like that. I just haven't seen it. I'm doing all this as an outsider, so they, they, he's going to have to prove it to me if he if he gets hired. The best version of Kubiak, yeah, I think we can all agree, is the one that roasted John McClain last year at the John McClain. Yeah, you saw the, the viciousness there. He was yes, yeah. he was vicious. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was, it was good really and good. funny. Um, the other thing about Kubiak was remember you know how, like with my quarterbacks. And now I'm realizing my head coaches too. I yeah. wanted to see in them that they could be a pool hall hustler. If like so if circumstances to... demanded it and morality wasn't an obstacle, could this guy be a pool hall hustler? And I totally think that Gary Kubiak could do that okay. in a heartbeat. Uh, I think maybe he has like maybe he did it at, at College Station in his freshman year or something. Um, but uh, I don't see that with Kafka just yet. Do you see it with D'Amico Ryan's? Yes. Do you see it with Jonathan Gannon? Huh, that's a good question. Not so sure. Yeah. Steichen, I could. Steichen was my yeah, next Steichen's one. Steichen's yeah. got a little glint in his eye. Yep. Yeah. I worry sometimes with, I worry a little bit with Gannon that he's, I know he's very, very intelligent um, and very creative and a good football mind, but I worry a little bit that he's a bit too much of, a, of an android uh, personality-wise. Okay. Yeah. 
That's not a pool hall hustler. No, yeah, no, no, no. Uh, I got to be able to see that you can influence and manipulate people for your own gain. <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> e- Ejero Ivero. A little bit, yeah. I yeah. think so too. He would be. Um, he would want. He's the one where I feel like there'd be the biggest moral obstacle to because I feel like he's he is the good Eagle Scout. Yeah. Okay, he's like the one. He's the exceptional Eagle Scout. Now uh, he's like he's the one that rises above and beyond. I feel like he's 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 down a straight and narrow path, but he like. Um, almost like like uh like uh, like in a military fashion, just attacking obstacle after obstacle. Do you want to hear from Ijero Ivero? Yes. Right now? Okay. Would you like to hear about his coaching philosophy or his coaching background? Philosophy. Philosophy. Here is the philosophy. His background, by the way, he was with the Rams for. He's been with a few teams, but most notably with the Rams for like five years with yep. both Wade Phillips and Brandon Staley. Um, he does a lot of things that are like Vic Fangio's defense. Yep. And uh, and and. Through him, Tom Capers. And he's had Dom Capers with him this year as a consultant. He's been around a lot of really good coaches. Sean McVay, too, obviously on his staff. Here is uh, Ivero's coaching philosophy. It's about relationships with the players, really investing uh, in the players, um, getting to know them and building the trust with them, uh, bringing a lot of competency, uh, a lot of uh, experience and knowledge with all the different stops and coordinators that I've been with. And um, we're going to bring energy, uh, we're going to bring confidence. And uh, we're going to uh, bring a lot of great teach, uh, teachers in terms of the staff to the, uh, to the organization. As you pointed out, he did surround himself with a lot of really good coaches. They, they, the Broncos, if you're looking for reasons from the Broncos defense why you would get excited about hiring Ivero, and I understand where he is yeah. on the pecking order for Texan fans, so I'm not here to try to spoon-feed you just you know tripe, but he, he had most of the guys on his defense played their best football this season under him. The, the the good guys became great. The average guys became good. He incorporated a lot of rookies into things mm-hmm. here, you know. So the young players got it really, really quickly. He did a good job. So um, the the text line, the trailer wheel and frame text line, wheel and frame. is still recommending guys who are successful head coaches, but who may have had soft personalities. My yeah. criticism of Kafka. And I'm not name calling. That's just what his father called him. That's right. So unless maybe his father's a, <laughs> maybe his father, what if his father's like old school, like a helicopter like, dad? I always said he was soft, and right. he ain't proven me wrong yet. That's right. <laughs> reason he couldn't, reason he couldn't stick as a quarterback because he wanted, had a soft demeanor. All I wanted was him for my son to win a state championship that I was robbed of, so he could bring some glory to my family it's name. And he never did it. He's soft. <laughs> That, then I feel like we got to hire Kafka. <laughs> Just out of sympathy for Just him. Just be nice. Okay, a lot of people saying Dick Vermeil was soft. No, 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 no. Dick Vermeil was kind of a hard ass who also happened to cry. Yes. And his players got sick and tired Stop of crying all Dick the time. By the, every time I see Dick Vermeil crying in a documentary, I'm thinking about all the players who have been like, yeah, it got old Dude. real fast. Like whenever Dick Vermeil was trying to punctuate a point or something and he starts sobbing like a teenager who just whose puppy was just killed. Yeah, it got a little old. He wasn't soft. No. He just cried a lot. Dude, he had to leave coaching for like a decade and a yeah. half because it psychotically ate into obsessed. him. Yes, when he was the Eagles head coach, he had to get out of it because he was going to kill himself. Not he literally a, kill himself, but like kill yeah. himself with the stress. He wrote a rap song, I Ain't a Softie, I Just Cry a Lot. <laughs> Did he write yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was, uh, it was, it was a, 
was a banger. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Dick Vermeil, Tom Landry. See, I don't think Tom Landry was soft. Tom Landry was taciturn. Yeah, he didn't talk a whole lot. Taciturn. By the way, defensive-minded coach. But I've, I'm told that they're the worst coaches who ever lived. The defensive-minded coaches. Yeah, invented the four-three. But whatevs. So um, actually, well, the four-three flex. So uh, let's yeah. see. It was a flex. Bill O'Brien had a. Father attitude who worked late at night and comes home drunk and pissed off. Okay. <laughs> uh, does like Pete Carroll count as soft? Maybe have a beer and. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think. Okay, see, now with Pete Carroll, and I guess maybe soft is the wrong word, and we're just using because that's how his father described him. So. <laughs> Poor Kafka, man. Kafka, Poor Kafka, Kafka Kafka's in town for the interview. He's listening right now. I feel like we got we to gotta hire Kafka because his father sounds like Tom Brady Sr. Like he sounds like a little bit of a loose yeah. cannon. Yeah. yeah. It'd be fun to get him on. He'll call up the station when we're critical. We might get a call from him this morning. Dude, Kafka. <laughs> Kafka's in for the interview. Hey, I'm, I, I just like to go on a run in the morning and listen to some sports talk. What's the station? Yeah. He's asking Nick, what's the station I should listen to? And he's listening right now while he's on the treadmill, hearing how soft he is. Okay, so as far as Pete Carroll uh, being soft, yeah. Soft isn't the right word. I think I, I keep saying I want somebody with juice. Like, and everybody, like, nobody's got more juice than Pete Carroll. Like, uh, like there's a vivaciousness about him. Right. Um, and almost annoyingly so. Uh, somebody else says, what would you rather have, a soft coach or a crazy coach? The answer is, first, that's uh, that's a false dilemma. You don't have to choose either of them. <laughs> right, like, it's right. like, uh, um, <laughs> is neither a choice? <laughs> it's like, hey, we're going to hang you until you're dead. <laughs> like, I don't like that. Well, would you rather be electrocuted? Like, I don't, I don't like that either. Yeah, yeah. I just, I prefer neither. I want to live. Please. Yeah. <laughs> Truth be told, though, hanging. Yeah. You given the choice. Yeah. If, uh, if you got a good executioner. A lot of times they'll, t- oh, never, I don't want to get too graphic <laughs> with the hanging. I was reading about execution methods a week ago. Okay. Wow. Podcast. Your coming. co-host. <laughs> now I'm going back through all the shows in my head. Um, so I don't, Pete, whatever soft is, I don't think Pete Carroll is it, but he also did manage kind of, Pete Carroll has had to manage his, he's got this, philosophy of ultra competition mm-hmm. and he doesn't have to be a yeller or a screamer in pro football uh the best way to motivate people is you cut people yeah <laughs> like it's uh your job there's no greater motivator than fear and self-preservation so uh yeah i guess caldwell and dungey would be the the closest to it kyle shanahan uh, okay if you guys watch kyle shanahan on the sidelines lately i don't think he's a great uh look i think one of the weaknesses of his as a job candidate was definitely that he does not have a classic head coaching personality. He's offset it with genius, which is a big one. Yeah. Like Belichick does not have the right personality to be a head he's coach. He's a genius. But he's a genius. Yeah. And it goes a long, long way. And I think Shanahan over the past several years kind of has grown into that position. Well, like watch him on the sideline and see kind of his the way he operates now compared to what he was ten years ago is different. And um, again, I don't need a guy to be a jerk. It's right. just you gotta you gotta make hard decisions and make them very quickly in the moment, and not worry about people's feelings. Oh seven eight zero on the trailer wheel and frame text page. I feel like Seth is filling out an eHarmony profile for what he's looking for in a head coach. "Quote: A self aware, soft spoken guy who isn't afraid to give his opinion and take charge. Also, no cats." <laughs> <laughs> we right. there is a, the, oh the podcast I was on last night. I think it's called the We're Just Fans podcast. They're on YouTube. Um, they, I, I, I kind of stumbled into it as we were chatting about it because we're going over the criteria for what your ideal head coach is. And, and as we've been doing this for the last couple of weeks, it does feel very much almost like if you, if you overthink it, it's the We're Just Fans podcast. Okay. Good group of guys. Um, 
if you start to overthink it, it's like your buddy that like is always trying to check off boxes when he's looking for a girlfriend. Yeah. And he always ends up with girls that might mm. match his criteria, but they're just not, there's no chemistry there. Yep. It's got to be as much about the chemistry as it is about ticking off the boxes, and that's the hard part to, to judge from the outside. Yeah, especially on Zoom calls. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it's, it's an artificial environment. It's like, it is like a dating service. It's yep. an artificial environment until you actually get in person and spend some time with each other, and even then in, in coaching searches, you don't get a real sense. Absolutely. Unless you're Mike McCarthy and you lie to Jerry Jones about yeah. how much film you've watched. And then tell him at the press conference that you lied to him. Yeah. Um, all right, Tom Brady. What is Tom Brady? Tom Brady made a little news earlier this week. Jim Gray asked him a question, and Sailor Mouth Tom Brady came out. Him, we've got Aaron Rodgers on his future as well. Sailor Mouth. Next. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, so Tom Brady has his Let's Go podcast that he does with Jim Gray. Let's go. Let's go. Um, Brady, okay, I want people to listen to this. We think this was staged because it got a lot of run. Tom Brady was asked by Jim Gray about his future plans. Here's what it sounded like. Tom, you're leaving everybody guessing. Uh, you've said you'll take your time. Do you have any type of a timetable as to what you might want to do uh, regarding your football career? Jim, if I knew what I was going to f***ing do, I'd have already f***ing done it. Okay? I'm taking it a day at a time. Yeah. I sense you're antagonized by the question. <laughs> you're scratching. It's I only the question scratchy. that everybody wants to hear. You're scratchy. Scratchy. I appreciate your asking. Thank you. Oh, yeah, that's 100%. I scary. can tell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's the, it's so awkward that we've yeah. wanted to jump in twice now. Yeah. So is it? Am I done? Wait, I they're, they're oh, done okay. now. Yeah, they're done. Uh, he has 100% stage. All of that stuff staged with Jim Gray. They, like, I, I've never seen an interview with him where I didn't think that Brady had the questions beforehand. beforehand? Yeah, okay. yeah. Like, and I, there I almost feel like it was intentionally... Stay, like it was you, you were supposed the listener was supposed to know that it was staged because if you know the dynamic between those two it's not an adversarial thing i don't think i've ever i've listened to a bunch of those interviews like they do they kind of go around to like a stage tour where brady instead of giving a speech will sit there and get interviewed by jim gray it's a smart way for like non-public speakers to do something yeah yeah and um they, they have a very comfortable relationship do you think he knew he was going to curse 
Maybe not. That Some, might have been something the, seemed to knock Jim Gray off course a little. Yeah, bit. Yeah, that might have been what it was. That it was. Uh, it, it surprised him. Yeah, but right. Brady's not. Brady. Remember, we had the conversation about good actors and bad actors. Yeah, Brady's not a good actor. Like that sounded very forced. It didn't. Uh, it didn't sound like he was angry or anything. Like ben, genuinely angry. Ben, one more time. Let's yeah. let's judge Brady's acting chops here. Tom, you're leaving everybody guessing. Uh, you've said you'll take your time. Do you have any type of a timetable as to what you might want to do uh, regarding your football career? Jim, if I knew what I was going to f***ing do, I'd have already f***ing done it. Okay? I'm taking it a day at a time. Okay, good enough. sounded like me reading the teleprompter yesterday when I was <laughs> just trying to get through this thing, uh, this rehearsal for this uh, for the awards <laughs> Sports show. awards yeah, tonight. Yeah, yeah. I know yeah. you guys can't see me, but f*** that. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, let it flow, Seth. Screw the teleprompter. <laughs> That's unvarnished, Seth, right there. Jim Gray and Tom Brady, If uh, yeah, that, I think... They've been a couple for a long, long yeah, time. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I do, it, it is interesting that... <laughs> Chazelle is the jujitsu guy, and Brady's got Jim Gray. <laughs> Giselle, point Giselle. I think um, was uh, uh, the thing about Brady is okay. He's forty six years old, or going into his forty six year old season. Yeah. I, I these last couple of years haven't annoyed me when he contemplates retirement because he's older than just about anybody who's ever played the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, uh, I don't, it, it doesn't annoy me that he might want to take a little while to figure out what he wants to do. Plus this year, he's under zero obligation to anybody. He's, he's a genuine agent. free agent. Yeah. So if he decides to wait, if he decides to wait until August, That's then right. so be it. Texans and uh, just whatever. If he wants to go play for a million dollars. Texans in August, and so be it. That but, that would be really interesting if Brady just decided to chill for a while and see if there's any injuries or anything like that. Right, right. Which is what a lot of veterans are doing. That is it time harder a quarterback though? Yeah, oh, yeah, hundred percent. You got to get in the system for, and whatnot. He's also, I mean, he, he's the last few years hasn't been the same guy in the off season. This last year, to an extreme degree, where he missed parts of training camp. Mm-hmm. So I think that would only be if he was if something happened. With the Raiders, yeah. or or the maybe I mean New England, who knows? Anything could happen. Yep. If if Bill O'Brien ends up attacking Mac uh, Mac Jones Jones, yeah, man, I want to say Mac Brown because one of our texters was talking about Mac Jones with a machete because he's angry at him, and uh, Brady's got to come up there in August to to smooth things over. And so be it. That would be interesting. It's different. Not than, the machete part. I mean, yeah. that would be really interesting if you used the machete, but the Brady part is. It's different with Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre, for instance, <laughs> when he was still in Green Bay, because they're under contract with their team. There are other quarterbacks waiting in the wings, presumably, and yet those guys want to take their sweet time. Well, they're under. That's, the thing that's especially infuriating about Aaron Rodgers is that Aaron Rodgers needs time to figure out what he wants to do. Even though he's got a deal that he just renegotiated last oh, yeah. year, you know it's not. It, it, this isn't a surprise to Aaron Rodgers or anything. And he tried to go through the whole. It's not about the money thing last year before he ended up uh, signing a record-setting contract. Correct. At the time. Yep. Yeah. Um. Good segue. Here's Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show yesterday about his future in Green Bay. If they felt like it was in the best interest of the team to move forward, so be it. You know that doesn't. That, again, that doesn't. That wouldn't offend me. That wouldn't. Uh, you know, make me feel like a victim. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have any animosity towards the team. I love the team. I love the organization. I love the city. I love the region. You know, I'm a minority owner in the Bucks. Like I'm going to be a part of the region long after I'm done playing. Like I have. I have a lot of love. Uh, a lot of love for what's going on in Green Bay, and I'd love to finish there. I would, and and uh, I might have finished there. You know, who knows? Um, but uh, you know, 
when I talk about my future, I don't talk in any cryptic terms. You know, I, I'm pretty direct about how I feel, and I am taking time with my decision, and I am, you, you know, not, you know, egomaniacal in a sense to think that, uh, you know, I should be able to play wherever I want as long as I want. Yeah, it's uh, it's tricky with Rogers, man, and. <laughs> I, I think with Rogers. Okay, first of all, does he know do, what cryptic means? Do, I know. do you do you believe Rogers in his whole new kind of like holistic hippie vibe over the last couple of years that he's trying to put out there, and that I think he really wants to believe and grasp himself? Do you really believe it though that like at his core he's all of a sudden no? This, hey, I'm just a little speck in the universe. No, it's, it's about greater things than just me. No, but, I don't, and because you, I watched big chunks of this interview and i don't know if you saw the cut from gronk last week where rogers had gone on mcafee and we played that cut where he said i think i can still be an mvp i think he's still played an mvp level gronk took him to task on a podcast or one of the fox shows or whatever i think it was fox show about you don't go on there and say you can still be an mvp you say you can still win super bowls it's about super bowls not individual awards yeah and Rodgers went on for two minutes about that, about how it didn't really bother him, and that doesn't yeah. bother me. And when people, and he, he wouldn't call Gronk by name until yeah. the very end, where he said, "I love Gronk," but he talked for literally. I wanted to pull the cut. He wouldn't stop talking about he how it doesn't for bother. Him. Two and a half yeah. minutes about how it didn't bother him. <laughs> yeah. It's like when you're. Just, it's whenever. So you're, no, I don't uh, believe the speck in the might, universe. Thing. He, he might be on his way there, but he's still like working his way to it. Yes, and, at and least, that's the, which is another big red flag. Like honestly. I feel like there's a better chance of Tom Brady having a good season this year than Aaron Rodgers because wow. Aaron Rodgers is going through some stuff. We've all been there. We've seen it. You've been through it yourself when you're going through some stuff. And all of a sudden, um, you're like readjusting your priorities. And thing. And sometimes it means like time for a career change mm-hmm. or it means time for a relationship change, whatever it is. That's what Aaron Rodgers has been going through this last year. And it does not feel like what I want my <laughs> My $40 million quarterback going through. it's uh, It just isn't. Yeah. So, yeah, I know he was banged up this last year, but his so much of his whole it, – it's a scary thing, and I hate to make this analogy again, but the, like the Silicon Valley execs now – in programmers who are going like like microdosing on LSD or taking ayahuasca trips and all this stuff. It takes these people who have like zero empathy for anybody and it shows them just a little glimpse of what it's like to be an actual human. And it's almost the most dangerous thing in the world because it's like now they can exploit the, uh, now they know how to exploit the empathy of others. Uh, but without, because they've, they've gotten them now they understand a little bit more, but they haven't gone full hippie into it yet. <laughs> and I think that's where Aaron Rodgers is. Oh my God. He needs to just go, uh, he needs to just go take some company public and then fire all the workers or something. That's where he, that's the stage of life. He's in. He he almost sounded like in that cut where he reminded everybody he's a part owner of the Bucks. Yeah, it was almost like a, you can't get rid of me. You can't. You can try. You can trade me, but you yeah. can't get rid of me. I'm going to be like, in your lives forever. I think okay. that was a little bit more of pandering, like he did last year when he started invoking the names of great Packers of the past. Oh yeah, like and like and because he, he said it, he said you know like Reggie White, the Minister of Defense. Like, dude, are you reading off of index cards? He sounds like somebody in an awards show that like doesn't actually know who Reggie White is. That's funny. But you're like, and coming up next, Reggie White, the Minister of Defense. You know. <laughs> <laughs> be great if he mispronounced a few of the names. <laughs> Reginald White. Everybody remembers Reginald him. Reginald White. Him. Oh, the great story. I, I was just talking to Reggie White the other day, and uh, boy, he sure does love the Packers. The great Sterling Sharpay. 
<laughs> Sterling Sharp, you know, you can you can see him on with Skip Bayless. It's uh, yeah. By the way, we're gonna get to Shannon in the next segment. Um, okay, uh, okay. This is Tom Middle screen text this in on the trailer wheel and frame text page. Geez, Tom, do you kiss your adult son on the mouth with that mouth? <laughs> Brady kisses his kids on the mouth. He's a, like for he's a known mouth. He doesn't French way. kiss them, but yeah. I don't know, man. It's weird, dude. It's not like a kiss on the mouth. It's a it's weird, okay? It's, <laughs> All right. and Pendergast. John McClain joins us at the top of the hour. I, I know people who like kiss their like kiss family members on the lips, and it's not like whatever the hell that was. Yeah, it was yeah. weird. It was weird, no doubt. All right, uh, John McClain brought to you by HornSolutions.net. Join us. He'll join us at the top of the hour. Uh, Seth mentioned Sterling Sharp. He apologized. He apologized for his role in that incident at the Lakers-Grizzlies game last Friday. We will hear his apology, and we will put it through the Payne and Pendergast apology ringer next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Payne and Pendergast with you. Um, Shannon Sharp, there was an incident last Friday, Shannon Sharp... <laughs> Got into a shouting match with the entire Memphis Grizzlies team. There was some unpleasantness. There was. There was. He was escorted out through the tunnel, but then allowed back on the floor. Yep. Many people have pointed out that probably ordinary fan, Joe Fan, even if he's sitting courtside, Joe Fan might uh, not be brought back. And remember when the kid, uh, the guy up in Oklahoma City, that was the son of one of the minority owners yeah. that got into it with Pat Beverly. Yep. And he wasn't allowed back. Yeah, at the very least, someone sitting in those seats would get escorted to another part of the arena yeah, so they could like still see the game. Remain watching it from a suite or something. Something like that, yeah. But Shannon got to sit right back down. Um, he got <laughs> it. So he was, t- he was talking a little trash to Dylan Brooks, saying, Dylan Brooks, you're too small to guard LeBron. And it escalated. And eventually... <laughs> The entire Grizzlies team got involved. A little bit of Steven Jackson. Steve, and Steven Adams. Adams as well, yeah. Yep, yep. Steven Jackson was in the crowd. Uh, yeah. St- Steven Jackson? It would have escalated <laughs> yeah, even. Say, yeah. It would have gotten worse. Uh, but uh, including uh, T. Morant, the father of Grizzlies ja. star point guard, John ja Morant, he got no, into ja. it. 
he got into it with uh, with Shannon Sharp. Here's the play-by-play of the incident. At the Crypto.com Arena, Dylan Brooks was having words with Shannon Sharp. And you see Steven Adams comes over to protect his guy along with the supporting cast. And then Shannon Sharp still talking. And T. Morant, John Morant's dad, comes over. Had an opportunity to talk to T. Morant. He said, my, high, my blood pressure didn't go up a bit. Nothing but love and respect for Shannon Sharp. It's a bunch of guys talking a bunch of trash. And just silly. And just silly. <laughs> and it, was, it is. I mean, it's it is silly when you're a certain age. I mean, yeah, come on, Shannon, you're 50 or right. something. It's uh, and he and he knows it, which we're about to hear. We're about yeah. to hear. And Shannon knows he's a public figure. Yeah, you know that's. Yeah, he's he's a kid. There's children watching. Damn it. Technically a media member. Man's got a family. By God. That's what I tell myself during every commercial break. Seth, come on. There's children watching. <laughs> I forget. And then the bell rings. Yeah. Yep. Um, here's Shannon Sharp on his show, uh, Undisputed. Uh, he apologized for the incident. As you probably have heard or have seen Friday night um, at the Lakers game, I want to apologize for my behavior. You know, guys, I've preached for the last six and a half years, responsibility and accountability. And I take full responsibility for what transpired. It does not matter what Dylan Brooks said or how many times he said it. Me being the responsible person, me having the platform that I have and having so many people look up to me, I was wrong. I should have lowered the temperature in the arena. Instead, I turned the temperature up and I let it get out of hand. And I want to apologize to a few people. First of all, I want to apologize to the Lakers organization. I apologize for any harm or unwanted attention that I brought to your organization. I want to apologize to the fans that were in attendance and the fans that watched on television because that's not what you paid for and that's not what you tuned in to watch. I want to apologize to the Memphis Grizzlies. Grizzlies, organization and fans, I am sorry. More specifically, I want to apologize to Dylan Brooks. Bruh, I apologize. I wish you the best of luck the rest of the season and continue success. I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm not perfect. And I'm never going to say that wasn't Shannon Sharp because that was me. That was just me getting out of character. And I'm sorry for all those that saw my action and took offense to my actions. I am sorry. Okay. Okay. So um, I felt that felt like a genuine apology. The only time it drifted into non-apology apologies when he mentioned how many times he said it. That was the part where he's like, whatever he said and how many times he said it, that was a little, I feel like he started to veer towards, uh, you know, excusing himself. Yes. But, but I think he pulled it back. A hundred percent. No matter what he said or how many times he, he said, said it. it. Right, okay. right. So that was Shannon Sharp's way of saying, hey, I, I'm not alone here in the yeah, culpability. Yeah, yeah. I thought the other thing right after that that I wrote down that didn't really feel like an apology, felt a little more like a humble brag. Talking about the many, many people that look up to him. That's true. That's yeah. true. <laughs> <laughs> Reminded us of how many kids look up to him. Okay, yeah, I like that, though. Okay, But he got away with it, I think. Oh, yeah. I no, think no, by I... going over the top and the other stuff, I think he got away with that a little bit. We'll give our grade here at the end. But, but, but... I, didn't, I didn't catch that part. Yeah. <laughs> on, okay. this, on this show, we subscribe to the five elements of an apology yes, theory. Yes. It's uh, basically... The uh, the elements of an apology that has the best search engine optimization <laughs> right, is the right. one we go so by. The one that comes up I ain't where I just have to down. cut and yeah. paste it off of the main <laughs> yeah. Google page. Uh, okay, so the first one is expressing regret. Yes. He went over the top doing that. He did, that. yeah. I think he expressed genu- – it felt like genuine regret. I mean, if yeah. we – yeah. And like, if we had to go back and count how many times he said the word sorry, yeah. I, over under was like 11 and a half. Like, yeah. he, he – he went out of his way did, to express regret. It didn't read like a hostage video either. At all. Like it just, it felt like it was coming from his heart. Yeah. Accepting responsibility. He literally said the words, I accept full responsibility. Okay, that's good. Literally uh, said that. He might be, he might have the same search engine that we do. <laughs> Maybe. Well, let's see. We don't go by Bing, Lopez. The next three are interesting. <laughs> the next three are, are uh, the, the three, four, and five elements of an apology here. 
I don't know if these all fit. He's, yeah. he's two for two so far. Yeah. Number three is making restitution. That's a tough one. I feel yeah. like, you know what? This is what I would say. His his time, uh, you know, the money he gets paid per minute on television is is pretty hefty. I would say, what yeah. do they do? A two hour show? Uh, yeah, it's at least at least two hours. I think yeah. he's probably he's probably clocking in at about you know several thousand dollars per minute almost. Yes, on, uh, he probably. So, is. so I think just by thank take, you for depressing me taking that time from the show, which was also still also generating ratings. I feel like him, oh, okay, him, but like that's a, his time is money, like quite literally on that TV show. I like where your head's at. I feel like the pain. restitution. Yeah, and but what's he like? Who's he going to make restitution right, to? Right, is he supposed to make donate money to a Dylan middle aged foundation? <laughs> Middle-aged public spectacle uh, avoider foundation or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to donate <laughs> victims of heckling. <laughs> VOH yeah. is a great charity, and I'm going to donate my you know check what? for this show to VOH. Counseling for hecklers. Count- yeah. yeah. There's CFH. always something behind it. You yeah. know, there's yeah. always some kind of insecurity behind I- it. I like, your, I-, I like your thought process there. The restitution was the amount of time on his show that he donated to the apology itself. And I guess, like, I'm maybe kind of, yeah, you're not making anybody financially whole or anything, but it's close yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah, you can give him a ding. Genuinely promising change. I feel like he did the opposite of that at the end. What did he say? I'm not going to tell you that uh, this oh. is not, that this isn't what Shannon Sharp, this is Shannon Sharp. <laughs> I don't know. So it may happen I mean, again. I mean, yeah. we're going to see how the ratings do. Yeah, uh, listen, right. I'm going to be frank with you. Right. Uh, ratings have never been better. Right. Uh, frankly, this, this one minute that Seth Payne is saying I'm sacrificing is actually going to probably be the highest rated. We're going to get free advertising yeah. when people talk about it on the radio yeah. uh, I, and I, on the reaction I, videos on the internet. Yeah, yeah. I feel like he didn't really genuinely promise any sort of yeah, change. If okay. anything, he warned us that it might happen again. Okay, the other one, this, this last one, I always have a tough time too. The requesting forgiveness. Right. I always, I'm torn on that one. I I feel like if you're genuinely apologizing, you shouldn't end with, so I'm asking you this favor yeah, now, feels which is please make me feel better by forgiving yeah, me. Yeah. I just, if you want to forgive mm-hmm. me, so be it. Uh, if not, I understand. That's a bonus point element to me of an apology if they do that at the end and they're not over the top about it and they say so i hope that you would forgive me if they, you know if they're if they're so i would hope that you would forgive me not like begging for forgiveness that's over know, the top as, let me tell you this whenever i've like whenever i'm having a customer service issue or when i think there might be a genuine issue with a, a company or something or yeah. a person i always try to like at the end like in just trying to like you know extend an olive branch say like listen this is the way i feel I totally, I understand, I think I understand your point of view. If you don't feel the same way, I get it, and, you know, no hard feelings or what have you. I I don't know if that's, I think sometimes that works out for me, and sometimes it probably, I go in the box of like, okay, this guy's not going to sue us, you know? Yeah. So it depends on who, if I'm dealing with an individual, I try to be very diplomatic like that. If it's like, if I feel like I'm talking to AI, I don't bother with it. Okay. Or, or you know, somebody that's just Human going through touch. a script down in, uh, it, 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 the call center. That makes sense. Yeah. What um what grade do you give Shannon Sharp for his apology? I, I he honestly, fulfilled. He did a decent job. Fulfill the two. The first two are the most important to me: expressing regret and accepting responsibility. I'm going to grade this more with my gut than with the rubricon. Right? Yeah. Is that what it's called? Rubric. Is it a rubric? No, sure. Rubicon's a river. So I'm going to do this for Rubik's Cube? The rubric. No, they do these rubrics now. Is uh, I don't know. It's like the new math. I don't get any of it. So um, I would say A minus. A minus. Yeah, so he, he overcomes some of the missed tick marks by just feeling genuinely apologetic. Okay. Yeah. A minus. Good job, Shannon Sharp.
Can't wait for you to apologize for doing it again. Yeah. All right, let's get to, uh, let's get to headlines. Payne and Pendergast with today's headlines, brought to you by BaywayJeep.com. All right, Texans, they're interviewing a couple of prospective head coaches today. Who knows? Maybe one of them's an early riser, and they're hanging out, drinking some coconut water with Nick Casario as we speak. I believe the Ejero Ivero interview is over Zoom today, because I had read he was in person for his first interview, but Mike Kafka is presumably in town. That's an in-person interview, unless they went to the Kafka, the Kafka, the Kofster. Did they do it like they did with Ed Reed and fly up to... And go get him? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Ed Reed not out of a coaching job that he never actually had. Now Contract too, never way. got ratified. Tried to, Bethune Cookman. He tried to pretend he was Deion Sanders is the problem. Didn't work. He was riding around in a golf cart <laughs> criticizing the campus before he officially had the job. Deion, I, I don't think Deion did that until after he had the job, at least. I wish the Texans hadn't ratified his contract back in 2013. <laughs> Life would have been a whole lot easier. Um, so Mike Kafka, OC for the Giants. Ijero Ivero. Did I get that right, Ben? Do you have uh, Ivero, Ivero 1? I, I just want to make sure. I want to respect our possible future head coach by... Pronouncing My name is Ijero Ivero. Okay, good. I got it right. Ijero Ivero. Okay, good. Broncos. Got it. Thank you. Um, they're both interviewing today. Second interviews. I think these, my, my sense I get, Seth, from Texan fans, and you and I went through the approval rates on the Twitter polls yesterday. Mm-hmm. These are two of the, these are two of the lower rungs on the ladder for this coach search for Texan if, fans. Yeah, and I guess for No for disrespect fans. to either guy. And, you know, and I was talking to a listener yesterday who said, well, how come... This question started off with how come D'Amico and Gannon are the favorites, et cetera, et cetera. And I, and I had to clarify and say, look, we don't actually know who the favorites are. You know, I think there's a there's who the opinion. Texans like. Yeah, yeah, as far as who the Texans like, there is no consensus. We don't really know who they like. And if they're being, you know, open and honest about the process with themselves, maybe they don't have definite hard set favorites yet they want to, that's yep. the reason you have second interviews is to start to really just try to flesh things out and get to know things mm-hmm. um so i don't i i don't know who the actual favorites are they're the betting favorites but we we go through this every year with free agent players with coaches jj uh, watt where's he gonna go Turns out he went to the Cardinals. Wasn't even the on the Cardinals board. were never even in the conversation yep. from all the quote-unquote insiders. That's right. So it just seems like those three coordinators that are going to be in the Eagles versus the 49ers game this weekend are the, the top three. But a lot of that's just based on public opinion. Sure, no doubt. And, and yes, public opinion. Yeah. And obviously, you know, for, for the public opinion with D'Amico, it's grounded in a lot of nostalgia and, uh, and good feelings from when he was a player. Here. I think with Kafka and Ivero... I wonder if either of those guys even entered this season expecting to be in this discussion. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think that's a little bit of what happened last year with D'Amico. When D'Amico decided after one interview, you know what, uh, let's I'm not I'm not taking any more, and I'm going to focus on being a better defensive coordinator. And I think also getting the presentation ready and under like getting really thinking about exactly what am I going to do when I'm a head coach? Yeah, because you got to have. I think what probably jumps up on these guys is, oh, wow, if if I get this job, if hypothetically, if I were to be interviewing now and I get this job and I got to walk into a building next week and be, you know, moving 100 miles an hour, if you don't have a really good plan in place, you're setting yourself up for failure. Yep. So that's where... I think these guys probably are right now that, that maybe they're going to, they're going to take this process, this process. Maybe I'm wrong, obviously, but um, that these guys are mentioned more next year than this year. Um, the other bit of news that would affect the Texans and their coaching search involves Sean Payton. According to FS1 uh, and Colin Cowherd, uh, the Broncos have made the decision 
that they want to hire Sean Payton as their next head coach if he's interested. Russell Wilson also told ownership in Denver that he wants Payton as his coach, according to Colin Cowherd. Cowherd has a strong connection with Payton and says it's now up to Payton as to whether or not he wants to coach. So this thing is, um, I mean, this could break any number of ways, Seth, this whole coaching carousel right now. Um, there's only five openings, which makes this go-around unique. This is as, this is as small a number of openings as we've seen in a coaching cycle in a long, long time. Last year, there were 10. There were double this last year. Right now, D'Amico Ryans is not the favorite for any of the five. Mm-hmm. And again, it's betting favorite. It's Vegas. I get it. How much does Vegas know? Peyton is a prohibitive favorite right now to become the next Broncos coach, likely based on this news that we're hearing from FS1. Um, Brian Flores is a pretty strong favorite, relatively speaking, to be the next Arizona Cardinals head coach. With Monty Ossenfort there, former Patriots front office guy who was there when, in New England when Flores was there. Um, Jeff Saturday. Yeah. I don't know. This is the one that I don't know that I'm totally buying, but he's the betting favorite right now to be he the Colts head coach. The favorite, the favorite. Which is insane to me. Yeah. I feel like that's I one of the bet biggest losses that. that organization has taken, the fact that anybody even actually thinks that, that Saturday should be the favorite. Ursay should be deeply that offended by that. they take it this seriously. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Shane Steichen is the 2-1 to one favorite to be the Panthers' next head coach. And right now, Jonathan Gannon and D'Amico Ryan's kind of neck and neck, but Gannon the favorite right now to be the next Texans' head coach. You know what's surprising to me is... I think sometimes, when, at least when I look at those odds boards, my first instinct is that I'm looking at it through the filter of, okay, these are the guys that that organization likes. But obviously there's another side to it, which is which guys actually want to coach for those teams. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, everybody nationally, locally, everywhere, in Timbuktu, they've got opinions about why the Texans, uh, nobody w- would want the Texans jobs, uh, supposedly. And they've got their power listed items. I'm surprised that more people don't talk about what a train wreck situation it must feel like to walk into the Colts. Yeah. You know, where Ursay, who is obviously an erratic individual, is getting increasingly involved in decisions on the field and for, you know, which quarterback starts. And I think if you look at like, if you look at the difference between Cal McNair and Jim Ursay, whichever criticism you want to levy at those guys – I think there's only one that's a, a meddling owner, yeah. and that's Ursay. Ursay's a meddling, erratic dude, and I think there are a lot of people. It might Jeff Saturday might be the most viable candidate just because he's the one most likely to take the job. Yeah, maybe so. Ursay's definitely the more worrisome of the two. Yeah. If I were, I mean, it's not even close, really. If I were a candidate, what I would worry about with the McNairs, I think, is that I think the McNairs will give you every resource that you ask for and want, and that is big. Not not all NFL owners, no matter how rich they are, act like that. Um, but I think the the whole Easterby slash O'Brien dynamic would would be that all right. It, the McNairs seem malleable, um, or like uh, they might fall prey to somebody's influence <laughs> that that is uh, in opposition to what I want to do. Yeah. So, like, how can I be sure that it's going to be me and Nick Casario that are are you know influencing the owner and not some third party? All of a sudden, this is where I would hope they look. This is where I always say anything that comes up relative to that. I say hopefully they were looking around the building this year. Yeah. And by, yeah. by the building, I mean in the stadium on game day. Like yeah. that was the collateral damage. Yeah. Was just the the eight just moribund Sundays that people were spending out there watching opposing fans cheer for your team. Yeah. It was that It was that decision right. that got the – I mean, there's a number of things, but that decision was the gateway 
to get you into that spot. Yeah. Don't let that happen again. Do conventional things. Don't do crazy things. You have a GM, go get a good head coaching candidate, draft a quarterback, and let's be a normal NFL team and get good again. You know. Um, speaking of um, Texans, this one is a former Texan, um, but uh, Charles Amenehue, uh yesterday... Now I'm I'm now I'm behind a paywall with this article about Charles Amenehu. Why'd so, you do that? Uh, what website is that? What website is that? Mercury News. Money? Oh, you got to be careful with Mercury News. Yeah, the Mercury News. I'm going to ESPN.com right now. They'll 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 feed me the article for free. Charles Amenehu was arrested yesterday. Former Texans defensive lineman, current San Francisco 49er defensive lineman, who's and, been a very impactful player. You know, yes. he's no Nick Bosa, no. but he's had a good season. He has indeed. Um, he was arrested on suspicion of misdemeanor. Domestic violence on Monday, according to a news release from the San Jose Police Department. He was booked at the Santa Clara County Jail, was released after he posted bail, and was served with a restraining order. Um, Police got to a residence late in the afternoon on Monday. A woman who is Amenahu's girlfriend called the police, said that Amenahu pushed her to the ground during an argument. No visible injuries were observed on the woman who did complain of pain in her arm but declined medical attention. And the 49ers said in a statement, they are aware of the matter involving Charles Amenahu, and they are in the process of gathering more information. But as you point out, Seth, key member of their defensive line rotation, four and a half sacks this season. He had two sacks and a forced fumble in their win over Seattle in the wild card round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And for Charles Amenahu individually, he's in a contract year. He's a free agent after this season. Yeah. So um, we don't know what happened in this case. You know, hopefully whatever happened, the truth, whatever the truth is, justice is served appropriately here. Um, but certainly, the t- a timeline makes it very, very sticky for the 49ers. Yes, yes. We've had situations like this over the uh, last several years. CJ Mosley, Tremaine Brock, a few of them. Yeah, yeah the 49ers. You know what? It's kind of like a disproportionate. The Raiders, the Raiders always get the bad reputation mostly because they have like seven fans who dress up in uh, medieval armor. Right. But really, the, the 49ers have had, including in their parking lot uh, after games, they've had, it seems like, more. Bad issues than the the Raiders. Yeah, I, I've told. By the way, you're listening to KLT, KLT HD2 and Odyssey Station. Um, I've told this story before. In 2013, when the Texans played Sunday Night Football in San Francisco, yeah, um, they uh, the Raiders were playing a game later that night on mm. Sunday night, like late, late Sunday night, because the A's had the ballpark during the day for the playoffs. So Amy and I went to both games. We weren't planning on going to the Raider game, but the Texans were getting blown out. That was the A's were in the playoffs. That was the pick six yeah. season for Matt Schaub. So. We left the Texans game early, took the BART train over to Oakland, and went to the Raider game. I felt way safer at the Raider game than I did at the 49er game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Honestly. I always get, yeah, you feel like, um, I feel like with the Raiders, they know the public perception, and you have a lot of Raiders fans that are going above and beyond trying to yeah. combat it's the public perception. It's a costume party is what it is. Yeah, where the 49ers, I feel like, because almost just simply because it's San Francisco, and San Francisco has a reputation of being like the, you know, the Stanford, the Silicon Valley, yeah. the just like the, the hoity-toity. I feel like they got um, a, um, they, they feel a certain... They've got a chip on their shoulder. Chip they got to try to shoulder. prove themselves, yeah. It's a chip on their Inferiority shoulder. Inferiority complex about their toughness. Yep. Where the Raiders got nothing to prove. Yep. When they had the owners meeting over at Memorial City one year, I went and I wanted to interview some Raiders fans because like, yeah, I'm going to get some crazy audio. <laughs> I could not have been more disappointed. Yeah. Just a bunch of just like eloquent, well-spoken people wearing spiky shoulder Happy pads. Happy-go-lucky. Was, yeah, yeah. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.